1: hello jessica what's up elsie yay we're back again we're back oh and this time we're going to be talking a little bit more about women in media and focusing a little bit more of what's going on in the in the women in in media space that goes beyond podcasting we're just going to tap you know tap a little bit onto that and then we're going to do a little chatting about kind of priming to start a podcast, which is something that it's mm-hmm. like the
2: million dollar question. Right. Everybody wants to know. It's a new feminist rant every episode on She <laughs> Podcasts. Well, you know what? I think that there's a lot of,
1: there's a lot of podcasts out there that really deal with the nuts and bolts, right? I mean, that's what they talk about. And then possibly maybe a little bit of lifestyle stuff out there, you know? No, but, probably
2: not. Uh, it's probably all tech and stuff. I mean, I, I mean... Very rarely do you even get any business podcast that has to do with the lifestyle unless they're talking about holistic, you you know, unless they're talking about like, like a specific lifestyle of like the four hour work week or something.
1: Right. Or if their podcast is about lifestyle, this lifestyle design, you know, I mean, the holistic type of entrepreneur that is out there, then that's what their conversations are about. But I think in the podcasting space and in the media space as a whole, I don't think that there is a voice for women. As much mm-hmm. as, you know, uh, at, off the top of my head at this moment, I cannot think of any other than maybe when like This Week in Tech or Daily Tech News have women guests that come on the show that maybe give a little bit of commentary on what's going on, but um not really. Um, no, not really. I will actually mention a podcast that I'm obsessed with here very soon, but... Uh, let's talk about this article that I I found on Inc. Uh, and it was written by a man. Thank you, Ben Parr, co-founder and managing partner of Dominate Fund.
2: <laughs> right on, right on. The
1: title of this uh, Inc. article was, I'm so sick and tired of men marginalizing women in tech. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, then. So, you know, it, it, it's an interesting conversation because it seems like it just, you, I think you made a comment to me when we were discussing this, that it's, Sad that this is a conversation that we have to have,
2: or that yeah, the, that, this, that this yeah.
1: is still yeah. a conversation,
2: right? Sad and and kind of a su- surprise, although yeah. not really a surprise, because maybe you know maybe change doesn't come with w- just one. I mean, this is happening in, with racism too, right? Like yes. change doesn't come with just one revolution. Like like you have a revolution and then things settle down and then everyone quietly goes, wait, nothing's different. I'm still being oppressed. I'm still Listening to you oppress other people. Like, I don't like that. And no, there's no marches for me to attend. Balls, you know? Yeah. What am I supposed to do now? So that's happening certainly with um, feminism because like of all the, you know, I've been noticing lately that journalists are constantly asking um, celebrities whether or not they're feminist.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's a new, that's like, seems to be a new question. Like they didn't used to say like, so do you consider yourself a feminist? Ugh. Like, oh, why do no I way. care if, you know every single person on the red carpet is a feminist it's just a weird it's a weird question to ask but the answers are even weirder.
1: Yeah. And I, I think people have a really weird relationship with that. I mean, the Emma Watson, um, the big speech that she gave, you know, um, yeah. we we'll probably put a link in the show notes. That was really, I mean, I was very impressed by her. Uh, I was in, very moved by her words and I think she addressed a lot of issues that uh, have come up, especially for the newer generation that it's like, feminism see, seems like it, there's a disconnect from the actual meaning of the word or, or what it means. Mm-hmm. So I feel that that's an issue coming up, but in There's terms,
2: definitely a disconnect for the definition because right. for anyone to say no, I mean, you would have to be like, I mean, it's the same as owning slaves, like because femin- uh, being a feminist just means you believe in equal rights right. and equal pay for women as men. Like, who would say no to that? It just makes no sense.
1: Yeah, and and it's funny because I'm not it's interesting because I'm not a, like that's just hasn't been part of my understanding, like in terms of equal pay. Like I don't, since, you know, when I work working for Lipson I don't, I'm in, not in the office. And, and plus, when do you have conversations to find out whether or not somebody's making more money than you doing what, you know, like when is that conversation going to come up? So I I don't really know the difference and I haven't really been in the corporate world, but what's really interesting to me was this comment that, um, Mr. Parr made here, which is, um, let me see something that I think I just put it in the show notes of us, but something that had to do with the fact that, uh, women don't really have mentors, particularly in the tech industry Mm -hmm. that they can really work. you know, Um, there was also, he mentions a a piece in Newsweek that addressed Silicon Valley and and women and their women's experience in Silicon Valley. And in that piece, a company called Glass Breakers uh, was mentioned, and that is a peer mentorship community for women. And Ben mentioned that he had a lot of his success from, you know, because of his mentors. He had a couple of mentors that really inspired him. And it was easy for him to find mentors as a man. It is Uh much harder for women, of course, to find mentors. So, uh, you know, I I totally agree. I believe that that's a, a huge thing, especially in the podcasting industry like this as well. Because even now, and I'm not, you know, complaining, this is not about complaining, but whenever... Uh, when I saw the How to Podcast, uh, you know, feature in iTunes, which now we are part of that group because now when you go into iTunes, there is a you know a, kind of like one of those wonderful little rectangular squares that says How to Podcast, mm-hmm. and I went into it and we were not featured, <laughs> and right. it was really interesting to me because I thought I, I didn't take it personally. I don't think that it was really about the fact that they didn't. They did not do it on purpose, but it was the same ones that have always been up there. And I thought, what an opportunity for those guys to support a podcast that is about podcasting from the women's perspective, giving us a voice. And it's so important for them to push. So I emailed them. (laughs) And they responded. And they responded. And they said, yes. And so they featured us. So it, it was it's just one of those things that I feel that we do, and I didn't do it in a bad way. I just said like, "Thank you so much for," because I was already uh, the feed was being featured, and I said, "Thank you so much for that." And you know what? There's this as
2: well. Where can people find that if they want to find it? Like, if they want to see like how to podcast, I the believe podcasts. it's like right in the front page. The so, front page of iTunes. Yeah,
1: I think I think so. Let me really quickly open up iTunes because it's one of those. It's one of those very large. Um, what do you call it uh, rectangles like if you just start to if you just start to look uh right at the page you scroll down there should be it should be right there, and you can scroll down from the side and the other side like they'll they'll focus on um how would I say it they 'll focus on book reading or uh getting your like they're usually educational focus stuff there, so okay
2: let's yeah. see so
1: if I go to all. If you go to the iTunes store in the podcasts category, you'll be able to find it there.
2: Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, Okay.
1: So like I'm in there. Yeah. And then you like, you know, once you're in, yeah, oh, oh,
2: those are the, the... Ear Biscuits, Food is the New Rock, Air Raid, The Heart, How to Start a Startup, Barry, New Tech City, Marvel, Tim Ferriss. Okay. So then under, not new and noteworthy, not monitor the market. Oh, no.
1: No, see, it's like, see how there's that new to podcasts thing there, like right at the top? It's like one of those. Because there's featured collections, it's in the featured collections. So featured collections has new year, new you, Pot- internet stars, parenting, world news, movie fanatics, book lovers, how to podcast.
2: See, I only have three, podcast starter pack, language learning, and computer gaming. For featured, featured, Co- featured, really? Yeah. Are yeah. you
1: looking at it on the phone?
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: this is for on the computer. I'm on the computer. So maybe. Uh, maybe No, no, no. I'm on the computer. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's actually not. That is so weird. Yeah. I just have featured collections. It just
2: has all of these. All right. Hold on. Let me, let me close iTunes and open it back up and see.
1: Yeah. They've got all of those there. How
2: weird is that though?
1: It is very strange. It is very strange.
2: Anyway. Anyway. No,
1: but that's like, that's one of those things that I just thought for me, it is very important, especially for women podcasters who know that there are women's voices out there that will support you with this. And I'm not talking about, um, like cap, I'm not talking about business, uh, luminaries, right? Because there are a lot of strong business luminaries that happen to podcast and use podcasting as a platform that they focus in a lot for their business. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Talking about podcasting, about podcasting, from the podcaster's perspective, focusing on media and digital audio as the thing to talk about. Right. Right. So it's not about how to optimize your business and how to make a bit. No, but this is what we're talking about here. I think there aren't a lot of um, hosts that are coming onto the show or or luminaries in tech that want to take and stand behind the mic and really start to talk about podcasting, except this new podcast that I just found, which is called Rocket. And Rocket um, does feature like a female round table, basically. Mm -hmm. It's three Mm -hmm. women who are... The, the host. So it's kind of imagine like instead of a twosome, which is what she podcast is, it's a threesome <laughs> and it's a threesome that stays a threesome, meaning that they don't really at this moment have had anybody come into the, to the table discussion, but it is like some of the strongest voices that are out there that are incredibly amazing. So mm-hmm. this, it features Brianna Wu, which is, she is the head of development for Giant Space Cat. Simone de De Rochefort, she writes about games in pixelkin.org, and Christina Warren, who is a senior tech analyst for Mashable. And what I love about that conversation between these three women is that they do talk about pop culture. They talk about, um, like, you know, last time that I I listened, they were talking about uh, the new um, Windows uh, Office Suite that has come out, and the new... um, when, what is the Windows Outlook that has just been revamped? Mm-hmm. And there's a deep conversation about that because it was like so much better than it's been and all this kind of... It was a very interesting conversation because they've done it from the ground up. But at the same time, they also talk about a lot of girly things. Like they were talking about Gem. <laughs> you know gem and the holograms? Gem in the holograms they had a huge they had literally about 30 minutes of conversation about gem and the holograms gem is truly outrageous yeah <laughs> <laughs> from like and, and they've talked about purses and they've talked about like just a bunch of like w- woman stuff but from, cool. from a really it was just it's a great it's a great conversation and they just addressed three main topics and they talk for 90 minutes about wow. three topics. I know. And I'm like, I love it. I love the conversation. I love all their points of view. These are highly intelligent women, super smart, and, and all of them are right in the te- in the pulse of tech, which is amazing to me. So I feel that we need that kind of conversation a little bit more out there, particularly for, for, for women in tech. Totally agree. Yeah. And then companies like Glassbreaker, which is really cool. So ladies, you guys should check out glassbreakers.co.co, which is simply about finding women mentors for Mm -hmm. yourself in the professional realm. Right. So um, there was also another article that I came across just on the same vein. And this all happened about the same time. And it was about uh, Robert Redford saying that women and young people are the future of film. And he was interviewed um, in, uh, what is that called? Sundance.
2: (laughs) Wait, before we talk about Robert Redford, I want to ask you. Yes. Have you ever experienced any kind of sexism in your tech job or world? Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, that's so hard. I know you don't want to bang on Libsyn, but like, is there anything that ever makes you feel like you're being left out of the conversation or, I mean, I know that you don't work in the office, so that could be a factor of that. But like, I'm just curious whether or not you have to, either remind people like, Hey, women too, or you know what I mean?
1: Well, I wish, I wish that I could give a rounded answer to that because here's, here's my thing. I think crystal would probably be better. You know, my coworker crystal who, who does a lot of the tech support
2: Mm -hmm. and she's,
1: you know, she's worked in tech for like in tech in a different, in a different level. You know, she's done a lot of work with CMSs and like total tech stuff. Like she comes from a tech background and study. Um, And she has worked in a lot more corporations than I have. I have not. And Lipson, I can't really say it's a total, total corporate uh, entity. Mm -hmm. And I, I, since I have never worked in that, I don't know what the, like, what is okay and what is not okay okay. Like what's the, like, I don't know what the ins Whatever and outs Whatever makes you of feel meeting. like you need a shower is not okay. Right. Yeah. I've never had that happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just seeing like the ins and outs of conference, call, conference calls. Usually we do it on, like on the phone because I, I wasn't really there. When I was there, we used to have like a Tuesday call in the mornings and you just w- would sit in there and like everybody, like basically one person would talk and I would just kind of listen. I just didn't even know, like, what the, like, there was just, there's so many different layers. I didn't know what mattered. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, Libsyn is very, our president is a woman. Um The, you know, Sarah runs, that runs all the stuff behind all the apps and Libsyn is a woman. Crystal, one of the three support t- people over in Libsyn is a woman. Mm-hmm. I am the front facing part of Libsyn, which is a woman. So there's so much, so many layers of that. That's kind of not that's very unusual.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So there is a lot of the female uh, voice uh, particularly when it comes to the design aspects of things. Um I and and Crystal is involved with some of the back end stuff in terms of of getting the the stuff done back there. I think that maybe that would be a conversation that maybe Crystal could answer better than I can. But I have not. Have you? <laughs>
2: Well, my very first marketing job out of college was um, selling banner advertising for um, for DelawareOnline.com and then Philly.com. So, like, they're newspaper websites. And first of all, I remember that my coworker, who was a little younger than me, was paid $3,000 more a year. And so those conversations, oh. I mean, they came up in between him and I, but that's because we were always – um, complaining about our job. So, and then we were, t- you know, like saying one day it was just like, you know, the money I make isn't worth it. And he was like, Oh, you make that. Oh. And I had two kids and I was a single mom and I made three grand less. Oh my gosh. But the same. Yeah. And I mean, I was like maybe two years older than him. Not that that mattered. Cause I'm sure we were both like same starting level, which is even more annoying. I think I was like, 25 when I had this job but also and I honestly attributed this to being either a woman or super short but like my coworker and my boss were both like six feet tall and I'm um five three and even with heels I often felt like when we were having a team meeting or if we were standing somewhere the two of them were talking to one another and they didn't like they would never address me or look at me like they were just kind of talking to each other and I was like you know, a foot below them going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like right. just trying to get them to realize I was standing there and part of the conversation, it was very hard. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I sort of was like, was like, okay, well, yeah, I know I'm short, but like, I mean, I don't know. I just always felt like they were collaborating and I was sort of the odd man out. And it did feel a lot like, because I was a woman. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was 1999. So the internet was new and, um, I don't know why they thought that Ken knew more than me. He was such a numb nuts, to be honest with you. But, like, why why my boss would think that Ken would be a better person to talk to about that stuff. But um, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just felt like they were always coming up with stuff to do and, like, not asking me. And just I was sort of always going along with whatever they were doing. It was just annoying. Um, but I wouldn't say that, like, I felt like I needed a shower. Right. Um, but, you know, it felt icky. I didn't feel included and in it. it was, it kind of sucked. Um, I don't know. Um, other than that, like when I was at Subaru, my job as a test you know, I was a tester and I was, I don't know. I guess, you know, I was a tester. I, I was treated pretty fairly. I think, um, it was annoying because this was annoying only because like my coworker was a woman and my boss was a man. And I did always kind of feel like, I don't know, like she and I socialized together and he was always like sitting with the boys I don't know. I just it was a little bit of a boys' club, but again, it was Subaru. It is a car company,
1: right? And but I know that there's a lot of women that love cars. You know, I mean, there's and and it depends. I don't know. I think that there's a difference between cultural, like, like there are certain things that just culturally we do easier. You know, with with women, or there are certain things that we do easier with men. uh, Just like in regular stuff, as opposed to. Getting less money because you are a woman, or having people make sexist comments to you, or dismiss your work because well you're just a woman, or dismiss if you have uh, something to say about something, and um, your opinion is viewed as bitchy, or just uh, dis- you know just dismiss it because it seems like you know you're it's that time of the month, you know if somebody says that to yeah, you, then yeah, that's yeah. just dismissive. That's different than just being like, I don't want to talk about football with you guys on the, you know, at the lunch table. I mean, that's like,
2: no, they just would. No. I mean, it's, it was definitely a feeling of like fem the female underlings versus the boss dudes. Oh, right. Yeah. Which I didn't like. And in this case of the sales thing, there were also clients that I would send Ken because I knew they were particularly lecherous. Right. Oh, right. Take me seriously, you know, because I had boobs. And so I would just say, you know, either you come with me and then he would do all the talking and then he would get the sale. Um, which was, you know, it was annoying, but like I think that's just that's just sales, yeah. Which I hate to say, but you know, like the tighter the skirt, the you know, the bigger the contract. It's true. Holy At least cow. it was true then. I mean, it shouldn't be true, but it is. Like yeah. You notice they hire for um, pharmaceutical sales reps. You know, they're cute, male or female, right? It's just, yeah, absolutely. And, you
1: know, this is kind of interesting because that does, you know, sales does require a little bit more of a voice. It requires Mm -hmm. women to speak. And I'm assuming for for that type of sales that there is a a specific tone Mm -hmm. that we might take as women to make a sale Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't if we're just chatting about anything right right because it just and that's why I, and i'm now just kind of shifting the subject and bringing it back to robert redford yeah go ahead, because sorry. the question no, no no you don't have to apologize because the question that that was presented to him was what are your views on diversity in cinema and particularly women's voices and mm-hmm. women in the industry and i just thought that women's voices in there was really neat now i'm gonna read you um his what he said but at the same time I want you to tell me what you think because I have, I have something that popped up for me when I started to hear that because the way that it was presented from the article said, you know, Robert Redfern, women and young people are the future of film, right? Doesn't that seem like he's saying some amazing thing about right. women, and, women and young people, right? So he says, <laughs> okay, so here we go. So he said, well, diversity is the name of the game as far as I'm concerned. Independence and diversity go hand in hand in my mind. He then paused. I think the future, and this is just my opinion, for us to move out uh, of where we are now and to move to something more sustainable and exciting, I think it will be in the hands of women and young people. With the young people that are coming on today, we've messed up what we're handing to them in terms of planet, and they have less work to do with that than they would have years ago. But young people today are really, really smart. What I saw a few years ago was that young people were disenchanted with the system to where they didn't want to get into politics and they don't want to do anything uh, to do with it. I think that's changed. Now young people want to be given the reins. Women, because of their nurturing sensibilities, are also the way to go. If you put those things together, I think that's our future. (laughs) So he's actually a giant ass. Yeah. So So then I thought, like, well, he talked about the the young people, right? But then at the end, it was just, like, women because of their nurturing sensibilities. It was like, I mean, thank you, but... I just wanted
2: more. Did you do not want more? That was like two, it was like a sentence. I actually, um, yeah, that was one sentence. See, at first, when he said it'll be in the hands of women and young people, my mind sort of wandered off to like bridesmaids. Oh, right. Okay. And how, um, you know, and the Golden, the Golden Globes being hosted by Tina, Faye, and Amy Poehler, because I think of women, I guess, in comedy and how, um, a lot of movies now are being better sold towards that demographic because I sort of feel like even the television that's geared towards the 18 to 40 male marketplace is just terrible. It's just the same crap over and over. And as soon as a woman, um, puts together something good, like it's starting to get acclaims like orange is the new black or Jane the virgin or just whatever. Um, and same with bridesmaids, but, None of those women are like, like Tina Fey, if he's, she said, you know, nurturing sensibility, she'd probably laugh right in your face. Like, like, I don't think they're known particularly for being nurturing. Not that they're not. Right. But it's just a side note. It's not, you know, like the, it's not like the main paragraph for her or for Amy or for Melissa McCarthy or for any, I guess, women writer. Like, that's sort of like a, it's like a, an afterthought whether or not they're nurturing. Like, what the hell does that even mean? (sighs) Because of our nurturing sensibilities, we're the way to go. As far as like the future of, I mean, why is diversity can- is what he
1: was saying. The future of diversity. That's why I got confused because that he was thinking. He was just talking about. Uh, I understand the whole thing about right. you know the politics and the and the you know handing them a, a planet that's all messed up and and like you know now they they've decided. Oh, young people have decided to now engage in new ways. They were disenchanted. No longer disenchanted. And then women, because of their nurturing sensibilities, in what way? In the way of telling a story? Are you talking right. about humanity? Right. Is it because you...
2: they're nicer directors? Yeah, I know. Because... <laughs> Is it because I don't know? And this,
1: you know, conversation came about because I guess there were no um, female uh, the female make- uh, filmmakers in Hollywood that were nominated for directing or
2: screenwriting at the Oscars this year. That's and, because, yeah, because Ava. Uh, the woman who directed Selma, something happened with that. I have I read an article about it. I have to think for a second. Part of it is because um, they said that Selma didn't get their um, pre-screens out in time, so the voters hadn't gotten to see the movie before they got to choose. The other part of it is that they kind of dinged her on being historically accurate. All right. So, like, they made it – I guess she made it seem like um, – Or she – I don't know. Some people were saying that, like, Lyndon Johnson did more than she actually portrayed him doing in the movie or – I don't know. But, like, um, she's the only woman that would have been nominated and she wasn't – for what they call semantics, but she would have been the first African-American woman to win or even be nominated, I think, had she been nominated. Hmm. But she wasn't. I have to be
1: honest because I don't know crap about movies and cinema and all stuff like that. You know, like, I don't, uh, sadly, I I wish that I knew more, but I don't. And, and I also don't want to make it so that, you know, just because you're a woman, you let's go find a woman's film to nominate, you know,
2: I agree. I agree. But I just, yeah. I mean, like, would they have done that had it been Lincoln?
1: Right. Because everybody's, yeah. Yeah. Because there is a push behind that because that's what's, that's what the conversation. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
2: They, a lot of people said Lincoln wasn't historically accurate, and that doesn't mean you don't put it up for an Oscar.
1: True. And and then actually, this leads into the conversation, the last article, actually, that came up for me here, and then we're going to talk about the, what you shared because we're going to share some audio from that.
2: Let's <laughs> get okay, be fun. Okay,
1: cool. So um, this was on Latina, a random thing. It was on the Latina website, latina.com. I don't and know when about-
2: you have time. I seriously don't know when you read, like, when do you read? Like, well,
1: I, I, like I told you I, before, it's like I read, I have, a, I have feeds, you know, I have feeds. I read on yeah. my phone. When I open it up, I scroll through stuff. And then, and then this is actually, the, the reason I, I tapped through this is because the headlines, it was really yeah. the headlines. This one was called Jane Fonda, Gender Inequality Sundance Speech. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that seems cool because I was just listening to that. And she said, the studios are run by men and they have the bottom line to me and they give jobs to people like them. Uh, It's a matter of gender, not that we don't have the experience. And then she continued to say, we all know what we have to do. We have to not be quiet about it. We have to keep talking about it. We have to shame the studios for being so gender biased. Media is the face of the United States. uh, And if the women's part of our country isn't part of that face, then they're not getting the whole picture. We have to fight real hard to get women in positions of power and remember they are there are no set rules. We have to show that women who make movies make money. We have to prove that we can be commercial.
2: I mean Yeah, I mean Jane. Always the Jane always the I know. She's been at this for so many years. Always the activist. Jane Absolutely. Kanda. At seventy seven. Um, as far as like how this relates to us and podcasting, like there's I mean, the whole reason I started my show was because I did feel like I would never be featured on the other shows because I was a woman and they were really only featuring dudes. Right. And it was infuriating. Um, So I wanted to start my own where I could feature other people. Um, And I still, I do still feel that way. I do still feel like they don't. And like, if you look at, if you want to look at, um, I know more about TV than movies, sadly, but like. If you look at like Comedy Central, for example, I can name you like the two women's shows. Like, there's two. It's uh. Amy. It's Amy. Um, what's that woman's name? Help me out. Uh, well, there's Broad City with um, Alana and Abby. Alana Glazer and Abby. What's her name? And then Amy. Oh, damn. Now that's really sad that I can't remember. Amy Schumer. That's not. Yeah, Amy Schumer. There's an Amy Schumer show and then there's Broad City and that's it. Everything else is like geared is like dudes like Tosh.0 and like um workaholics like they're all comedy dudes. Yep. Um so I mean I kind of agree with her that we need to show that we can make money and that we can be just as funny or that we can be just as um lucrative. But it's, I still think it's really sad. It's sad. I mean, as far as like shaming people, I mean, do you think that, I mean, do I, do I think that would work? Like, would I, like, for example, one of the podcasts that used to really piss me off, it still kind of pisses me off is, um, Lewis Howes' podcast. And I think he's a very sweet guy, but, um, his podcast is called The School of Greatness. And, um, very rarely does he interview a woman like very rarely. And I actually asked him about that once. And he said it was because, um, he very rarely ran into women who, you know, fit the bill for who he was trying to interview. And I sort of was like, uh, really? You don't know any great, amazing, great women. Like that's shameful. Um, and still, if you scroll through now, like it's like one in 10, it's probably a woman. Out of like the, I don't know, probably 200 episodes that he has. Um, but I also think what there's something else to what Jane said that's very true. And that is that, you know, uh, and actually bringing it back to the first article about mentors, Elsie, where like Lewis looks for probably male mentors because he's a man. And like, right. same with. Absolutely. Um, you- you know, same with, you know, they all are looking for male mentors. And so in the movie industry, you know, they're going to promote who their mentor was or who taught them. And, and, and that wouldn't have been a woman 50 years ago. So, you know, it just keeps perpetuating itself. And in the podcasting world, that's a little bit true too. We have to sort of create our own, um, genre and then promote within our genre because we don't have you know the, it was typically men pr- previously and and especially in business totally there aren't going to be a lot of business podcasts geared towards women so you have to start one and then start um you know and then two and then three and then interview the people who motivated you and etc the women who motivated you or whatever i mean I, I kind of it's almost like i don't like it but i don't expect better if that makes sense yeah what do you think? Well, I think
1: that it's, a, it's, it's challenging because there are certain things like uh, Tim Ferriss has interviewed a couple of, of women that have been really strong, very strong interviews for him. And I like his line of questioning. I also think he also looks for mentors, you know, people that have really tapped into and interested and interest him. And that's very, I think that's a valid point. I feel that even for me here, as, as when we get pitches for the show or if somebody says, hey, why don't you interview so-and-so just because she's famous, uh, just because she's famous, I feel like, well, I don't want to because I have no interest in this person. I don't know who she is. Uh, that's not the conversation we're having right now. Um, possibly in the future. I need to get to know her. I don't know who she... You know, there's there's like yeah. a relationship that I would want to have, Even and it has nothing to do with her being a woman or a man. It's just, it's like, I, I just want to know you better to see if I want to bring you over. It's like our house. So I mm-hmm. understand it from that perspective. Um, I would go out of my way, perhaps to look for more uh, women, perhaps, or maybe, you know... Uh, I, I will I, I should perhaps as my responsibility as a show producer to differentiate uh, and offer our audience maybe uh, part of this topic that, you know, people are looking for, and I would like to focus more on women, which is what I do all the time. I know that there are some topics I want to talk about. I know that there are men that can come on the show and talk about them. And I've been really, really hesitant to do that because I want to find a woman's voice to address Mm -hmm. the issue. Mm -hmm. So until I've, I've really searched and have not found a woman who can address the issue, I'm not going to bring the man on unless I have really just, I haven't found somebody. For our show? For our show, yes. That's how I would feel, for our for this specific show.
2: But I often say no because I just feel like, and when they say, you know, I help with this or that, and I'm a great guest, and I'm hilarious, and this and that, and I've had you on my show, I also sort of feel like, yeah, but there's so many shows that you can be featured on. Like, why do you need to be featured on mine? Exactly.
1: No, and 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 you're and you're totally right. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, for me, the. There are two ways in which I discern who I would like to have on She Podcasts. One of them is if it's a conversation that goes along with what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? In the interview and like the kind of conversations that are going to really benefit our, our, our listeners. And then I would, if there is something that I feel is lacking in the community and I would like to educate, I would like to find first a woman to teach whatever it is or discuss whatever it is in terms of the subject and then at the end of the day if i can't find somebody then i would go to a man because i feel that i would rather bo- uh, highlight a woman that that has an expertise in that subject
2: so yeah. and, and that's it's, all I'm i don't know does it sound like reverse se- i mean people could argue that it's reverse sexism but the truth is like i mean if there's already so much it's sort of like um venus you have to forgive me because my brain is only half like that's better okay. and functional. Um, half better, <laughs> Doctor Venus. Anyway, it's this woman that I interviewed, and she only works with black women. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, I, I, you know, I don't have a problem with white people or white women or whatever. It's just that, you know, I just feel like no one else is is taking time to build them up, and so that's what I want to do. Like, if you don't like it, there's a hundred thousand other coaches you can go and work with.
1: Right? She's right. 100 100 right? No, I like it when you said that. I remember you can be in all of these other shows. I totally agreed. And this
2: Reese, sorry,
1: and, uh, sorry, but yeah. I, I just think that it's that I to- I completely I completely yeah. agree. Um, so many other shows. So and then plus there's a different thing that we're highlighting. I mean, and then I come back again to Natalie Eckthal. I I believe that she, you, mm-hmm. you know, her show is about. I, I'm I'm sorry, Nat, if I. Get this Biz wrong, Chicks but it's like well, it's Bistik's podcast, yes. But her focus is all on like female CEOs or somebody who's like very high up in a company. Like, it's not just women having a business, it's like a very specific type of guest that she well, wants to I've show. been
2: on her show, so I'm not sure. Oh, maybe it's I'm wrong. It says it. Thanks. Great. <It's> no, <laughs> <isn't>. <laughs> It says a a nest for multi-passionate entrepreneurs. No, I mean she has had some very interesting women on there. and I don't know if – I mean she does have like – her last episode was um, Shark Tank success and then um, angel investing. She does go through way more topics than I do, Mm -hmm. Um, different ages and different businesses. Like she she does reach out and try and find a lot of diverse type of women, which I think is cool.
1: And just as an FYI – Um, and this is something I just found and, uh, is that there, (laughs) I don't know how you'll feel about this, but I just found a new podcast,
2: which is Uh called
1: she does, she does, does she? Yeah, (laughs) she does. And it's a podcast hosted by Elaine Sheldon and Sarah Ginsburg. And it showcases conversations with women making their mark in media. Oh, that's nice. Going beyond their current career status, we explore each woman's past to understand how their personality, background, and philosophy informs their work. Female writers, producers, directors, technologists, designers, cinematographers, musicians, and journalists share their knowledge and personal stories every other Wednesday on the podcast. So, that's nice. What's wrong yeah, so, that? No, I'm just saying because it's called She Does, like She Podcast, like She, you know, does. But it's really cute because it kind of has a doe as their as album artwork. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little doe. She does. Maybe it's
2: supposed to be like she, dues. she, dues. she no, does. I'm sure it's she does. She does. So
1: did. I just thought that was really cool. I just added them to my playlist here so that I could listen to what that they they're new. They just started in January. So
2: Yeah, oh, so super. far she's had um Four episodes. She's had, yeah, the creator of Vimeo, um, Katja Blitchfield, I don't know who that is, and an award-winning photojournalist. Um lyrics. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's hardly a threat. But um, <laughs> But I think that's exciting. Good for her. Yeah. So when
1: there's like a, yeah, so that's really cool. It's like very exciting. So uh, anyway, so going back to kind of uh, taking it back to media and the way that you put yourself out there or the way that media showcases, showcases women, we're going to play like a couple of minutes from <laughs> a yeah. little piece of audio that you sent me, Jess.
0: Yeah. And yeah. this
1: is from Saturday Night Live.
0: Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl is tomorrow night, and here with her predictions for the big game is the one-dimensional female character from a male-driven comedy. Uh, Welcome back, Heather.
3: It's me, Heather, from work. You might not have noticed me, but when you're making jokes with your friends during the meetings, I'm the one in the back going... (sighs)
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, so for a one-dimensional female character, I hear you're actually a pretty big football fan.
3: I know. It's pretty confusing, right? I'm a girl, but I'm also hot, but I also like sports. It's why I'm in this cute girl jersey. And tonight, I'm going to walk in front of my stainless steel refrigerator and just this and no pants. That's how much I like sports.
0: (laughs) Okay, great. So do you have any predictions on the score?
3: Fine. I'll go out with you but I'll probably get annoyed with you halfway through dinner and leave. You really need to grow up. I do? You're one to talk. Do you even remember Megan's lunch party? You were so wasted, you made a fool of yourself. While well, I was in the back in an $8,000 dress, my face was like this all night. You need to grow up.
0: Okay, so what do you think, like Seahawks, Patriots?
3: All right, the truth. I'm pregnant.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, you're pregnant?
3: You just can't tell from looking at my body from the front, or the back, or in a bikini. My body just doesn't show it, ever, and it never will. Sorry I'm so complicated.
0: I feel like I'm missing something here.
3: Oh, just like you missed Lamaze class, because you decided to get thrown into a country jail for streaking with your friends, Fat Jerry and Horny One.
0: Is anyone following
3: this? Remember? (laughs) You called me from jail, and I said, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Heather, I have no idea what you're talking about
3: Nice try, Colin Run away like you always do (laughs) You know what the worst part is? I actually thought you'd be excited about this God, I'm so stupid
0: Heather, I'm utterly baffled by what's going on right now But I promise I had no intention of making you cry
3: Wow You really have changed. You've grown up a lot. When? I guess my sassy gay friend was right about you. He said, girl, that guy is fierce. And here, Queen didn't lie. Here, do you want to hold your baby? He has your eyes and your face.
0: Oh my god, I'm a dad. I mean, I have so much to teach my child. Wait a second, is this the baby from American Sniper?
3: I know. Confusing, right?
0: The one-dimensional female character from a male-driven comedy.
1: Okay, so... uh, Oh, my God. You know what a hard time... This is something that's really interesting. You know what a hard time I had just watching this video? Because it wouldn't load. Why? Really? It would not load on my computer. I'm sitting here going, I need to watch this. I need to watch this. And it would not load. I finally had to take my phone off of Wi-Fi and just stream it via LTE because... It would not load on my computer. It That's was the weird. most annoying thing. I hate that. I hate that too. <sighs> but anyway, so now coming back to um, the beauteous, which is this uh, one-dimensional female character in a male-driven comedy.
2: And first of all, um, you should know if you are do not watch Saturday Night Live, those of you who are listening because you've given up on it for whatever reason, Saturday Night Live is going through a um, a surge of hilarious women comics and they really make the show like the men sort of like blend into the background and it's the women who shine like cecily strong is the one who you just listen to but there's kate mckinnon and there's a new player called leslie jones who's a 47 year old um black comic and she's so funny you'll pee yourself like just her just her facial expressions are so funny like i i laugh through the whole every time she's on the tv i'm peeing myself um so if you haven't been watching it, just, a, you know, you, you should give it a shot just to see the chicks on there. I mean, there's there's not Kristen Wiig and there's not Maya Rudolph, but the new women are hilarious, I, I think.
1: Good. Well, I'm glad yeah. that that's been happening here. And and I'm glad that there's a focus on this. And I hope that the conversation in the future isn't about women and men and women and women and women. And and we are kind of bringing it to, to the helm because... Because it's important it's important for us to, to find this somebody's got to speak it up right now.
2: Here's why it's important even on SNL because John Belushi was very famous for insisting that women were not, not funny mm-hmm. and he would not perform in any skit that was written by a woman.
1: Ever. Holy cow, get the heck out of here. That's
2: insane. So so even <gasps> even here it's important to wow. say like hey in 1975 like women had it rough on that show and now they're really the stars. And it that's important. Yeah. Because because would because because one douche forty years ago, <laughs> yeah, decided women weren't funny, and now you know they kind of run it, which I think is you know, and Tina Fey was their head writer for years, and I, I, it is important because for all it's important to show all those people who said women can't, as well as women shouldn't, women don't, or I won't participate. Like you can go, you know, f yourself and the horse you rode in on, basically. <laughs> That's why it's important. Yeah. yeah, that it is important. Simply to be able to say, you know, take your horse and go to that home.
1: And to have and to have and and I feel that that kind of comedy and that kind of pers- you know the perspective, the the, the receptivity to to what's going on in the media to be able to be mirrored that way in Saturday Night Live is huge. How Saturday Night Live is a very big influencer. And they're the ones that start to kind of show you when you've, in quotes, made it because mm-hmm. of, you know, whenever they parody something you've done, you've been, you know, you're, you, you're made, right?
2: Yeah. You know, and, even women who are, you know, even comedies that are geared towards women have that character, Right. Even You're like right. you like, right. You know, even the one, even like almost all rom-coms have that, like, you didn't notice me because I'm smart and standing in the back and rolling my eyes at you character. Yeah. Like, where's the, you know, like, like, where's the girls with the dragon tattoos? How come they never have anything funny and cute happen to them? You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be a weird movie, right? That would be a totally weird movie. The girl with the dragon tattoo, like, falls in love with her. Oh my god, that hacker buddy!
1: Oh my god, no, but yeah, that was a really great movie. I love that movie. movie. Um, So yeah, so there, there we have it. Now we're gonna kind of switch it over to to audio specific stuff. And this is something that I, that I, that's really interesting. It actually just came out, I think yesterday. Um, So Edison Research, Edison Research, who are the people that do, you know, whenever you actually, that you quote numbers from their presentation uh, on your webinars. I do. Yeah. Jess. (laughs) And as do almost every single person that does any kind of podcasting, anything or any kind of podcasting, Um, blog post about that has any kind of data about podcasts, it's this data. It's from Edison Research, and it's from specifically the share of ear uh, research that they do. So this just came out yesterday, uh, and we're recording on February 4th, and this will be out on February 9th. But uh, they say that Edison Research, the industry leader in streaming audio research, will expand its influential share of ear study to quarterly measurement based on overwhelming demand from all quarters of the audio industry. So... Usually they put out, you know, they put out a huge thing of like how many people are listening to podcasts, where they're listening and all that kind of stuff. They have all the graphics and it's been shared up the wazoo every single time that you find any data on podcasting. It's from this research. So it's kind of nice to know that now they're going to be measuring it quarterly. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually they do it like once a year. Uh, the first one I believe is going to be released March 4th. So, um, and then they say that. Let me see. Oh, and this is what it's all about. It says, introduced last May, the share of ear report measures Americans' share of time spent listening to all audio sources. It is the only single-sourced measurement that puts broadcast radio internet-only streaming audio, podcasting, satellite radio, TV music channels, and listeners own music collections together. Uh, Edison has been releasing early findings from the fall of 2014 study, but the full Share of Ear survey findings are available by subscription only to Edison Research clients.
2: How much? Oh, I don't
1: know. I emailed them because at the bottom it says, those interested in subscribing to Share of Ear can contact Rosen at LRosen at EdisonResearch.com. So I emailed them on behalf of uh, Lipson. I'm not sure what that means. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you pay, like, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so.
2: I mean, how do yeah, I'm just on their website to see, excuse me, how much it costs to get in on that. I'm sure it's expensive. It's, yeah. But, sure but it, it says those
1: lit. are uh, for, for, it says those interested in subscribing to share of ear can contact Rosen. It doesn't say, you know, you need to be an Edison research client. So no, I don't they, know if. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just don't know if you know you have to be a client to get that, or if just if there's like you just have to email them if you are just interested in that data. There is something
2: that they have for free download called the Social Habit 2014. I wonder if that has anything in there. I'm going to download it real quick. I wonder if that has anything to do with Mm -hmm. um, like whether or not people podcast, or is it just like who's using Facebook?
1: Yeah, I don't know, and you know what? I have, I know that I downloaded the share of ear last year, so they do make it available for download after they have it out, That's and cool. they have all the information online. It's just that I think that it's more about like getting the information before possibly things are out. Um, but I'm not, I don't know. But anyway, I just thought that that was an interesting something that we can that we could touch base on
2: here. I'm gonna look. I'm downloading the social habit right now. I just want to see
1: because you are super smart.
2: Well, I just want to see if there's anything that we give a crap about.
1: Right. But for all of that stuff. Yes. And speaking of giving a crap about, like, uh, even though we're probably not going to get too deep into this stuff, um, we did want to kind of start to chat about priming for a podcast or what is it that you need to really do uh, to... To, to launch a podcast, but we're going to take it a little bit at a time. As you can see, we've been talking for almost an hour, yep. <laughs> not about the, the main topic here, but just to kind of start to drip out content and drip out little bits and pieces of information that you guys need to know if you do or are interested in starting a podcast. And if you have like an idea already, uh, let's say you, you have an idea, you've heard podcasting is super fun and exciting and what you need to do as a next step for you to to do your stuff. So slowly we will be releasing this checklist, which you all will be able to download for yourselves. But as of now, we're just going to kind of chat and talk about through, talk through it with you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how's it going over there with the download?
2: <laughs> I have it. It's mostly about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like it's, it's demographical information. So like, for example, let me go back to the top. Um, it just says like, um, the lead in awareness is Facebook and then Twitter and then MySpace, then Instagram. So MySpace is still holding, huh? I didn't know that. Mm. Um, uh, As far as like age 12 and up using each social networking site, LinkedIn first. And then, uh, no, sorry, Facebook, then LinkedIn, then Instagram, right? then Google plus, then Twitter. So Twitter is really hitting it. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as um, male versus female, uh, it looks like, 63% on Facebook versus 54% on Facebook for men, 22% on LinkedIn versus 17% um, for women, 23% women versus 16% on Instagram, and so on and so forth. Obviously, Facebook is the dominant. um, But it's just interesting how like, okay, so for women, the dominant ones are um, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, obviously a little bit Snapchat, a little bit Twitter, believe it or not. And then men dominate on LinkedIn and Google plus. Huh? I'm, I'm not probably, surprised at all. Yeah, I was going to say, I could have guessed that.
1: Yeah. And it, yeah. So, you know, that actually takes us really great into our, into our, like the beginning of our checklist here to start talk to talk about, because, um,
2: Like where should you be kind of. Yeah.
1: Like where should you be just because of the, because what if you're, you know, your, your people aren't listening, which is the share of ear that's going to come through it. But, but here's, here's my biggest question for people who want to start a podcast. And I feel that this is something that sometimes it's not added into check checklist and stuff, but to be able to know what a podcast is. (laughs) Yeah. Like really like the definition of a podcast, like to be able to, to see what it is and how you're going to use it because there are two different, and and here comes the teaching. There are two different types of podcasts that you can do. And basically the technical definition I I would say is that they are media files that are delivered via RSS that you can subscribe to. So the subscription, the ability to subscribe to these is Mm -hmm. part of the definition of what a podcast is. So if you have Um, A bunch of web, uh, not webinars, but, you know, free calls or free conferences that you've recorded. If you've recorded chapters of a book uh, and you have audio files that are specific to each one of them, uh, you know, that you you have all of that. If you have a course that you've already recorded, that you have audio files that you've already created, something like that. Um, those, that's exactly what those are, audio files. (laughs) Yeah. Then if you, then there's a possibility for you to have, to create an RSS feed, which is what makes them into a podcast. Then people can subscribe to these audio files that are delivered into, you know, when people are subscribed, that's what makes them into a podcast. It's a delivery mechanism. It's sort of like, mm, let's say you write chapters, uh, of a book and you then deliver that as an ebook. That's one way to do it. And then, or you write these chapters of a book and then you publish them as a blog post on your your blog, like one chapter per blog post. Like that's another way to deliver the content. Does that make sense, people? <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That's kind of like the difference. And I think that part of your job as a new podcaster, you need to find out what a podcast is and what kind of deli- – if it really – if you already have existing content or if you want to create new content, sort of like what Jess and I are doing, which is like a weekly – show that we kind of put together every week. And it's not something that has already pre been done. And of course we want to kind of get ahead a little bit, but sometimes that doesn't happen as opposed to some people like we're going to have a guest coming soon to the show where you can really understand how to produce content, audio content that you can sustain because of the workflows that you have set up. And it can actually, you can really batch produce a lot of content so you have to decide what kind of show you want to do.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: That's good. So <laughs> I know. Yay, totally. That's it. That's it. So yeah. no, but in, and also knowing like where your, your people are and because and marketing this podcast is a really big deal, just as big of a deal as it is for you to create the content. So I think that what Jessica was talking about before in that little thing that she just downloaded (laughs) that you have to know where you're going to market it. You know, do you have an existing audience? Are these like, I don't want you guys that are starting podcasts to think that just because you put the podcast up on iTunes, everybody's going to find it.
2: And that's like, Oh no, you're going to do. Oh no. I have a whole marketing, I have a whole marketing, like system soiree going on. Like I have a whole, like, yeah. Yeah. No, you can't just put it on iTunes. No, no, no. no.
1: Exactly. It's kind of like every single time that you have an episode out, it's kind of like you are promoting a book or you're promoting a product. Unless you're famous. Exactly. And unless you have iTunes in your back pocket or whatever, because I was just looking at at iTunes again, and I saw Tim Ferriss again was being featured on the top part because he has Arnold Schwarzenegger as his guest, as his next guest, Schwarzenegger. So, of course, they're going to feature that. And of course, that's a big thing because Tim Ferriss is already big. And Arnold he looks Holesky.
2: weird, Arnold. Well,
1: dude, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think He's so. He's been
2: pulled, eh?
1: I think he has been pulled, but like why it. would it, why would they do it? Like, I, I'm not, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So your job today, people, those of you who are starting a podcast is for you to, re, to, to start to do your research about what a podcast is what, uh, kind of podcast you want to have. If it's something that you feel that you can produce, um, from existing content, or if you're going to create a whole new entity, is it going to be something that you're going to be producing on the fly? (laughs) I know, like what Jess and I have been doing as of late, (laughs) or if it's something going that, that is going to be, um, that you can batch produce, maybe something that you're doing as a solo show, uh, or something that you can do with somebody else. Or if it's something that has a, like a final thing let's say you are recording your ebook that you have as an opt-in for your for i don't know your business or something and that's going to be it like that there's nothing more than that and you're just going to record that in five minute you know bits and pieces and deliver it as a podcast as another option so there are different ways that you can create or decide what your content is for
2: a podcast yeah so true. Thank you, Elsie. You're welcome. <laughs> um,
1: I think that that's about all we're going to talk about on that on that, uh, on that that topic, just because we are now heading over uh, to the hour mark, and I feel that um, we possibly need to cut it. We don't want to push our luck. We don't want to push our luck with that. So that is like the first little um, segment. And I think that if we make it a segment, it would be really nice to be able to then um, deliver this to you guys later. Um, yeah. In a, in a good way. So yay. A good way. So if you guys have any questions for us, you can email over, uh, uh, to feedback at dot or you can come and hang out with us on the Facebook group, which is growing like by leaps and bounds. And yeah, you man. can, you can find that over at dot slash group. And join over in the conversation. There's a lot of amazing women that are out there. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Heather Ordover. And I should have mentioned this earlier in our conversation too, because she just did a wonderful, a really, it's a 20 minute uh, bonus episode, I would say, where she talks about podcasting and she produced a 20 minute show where she... Appeals to those people who have been listening to Serial, Mm
3: -hmm. uh,
1: that uh, she actually makes a a really intelligent commentary, which this is a must listen, about um, podcasting, what it is, what you can expect, uh, what different types of podcasts out there are, and the different types of podcasts that you can find she did it in a fantastically, like wonderfully produced 20 minutes. Um, you, I can guarantee you that you guys will all learn and you could see the power of the medium. And I know that Heather worked very hard on this and I can't wait to share it even more. I'll put a link in the show notes. And the episode is called On Serial Slash Craft Lit Bonus.
2: Ooh, so, thanks. Um, yeah, it's very, very good. Good tips. So,
1: yay. That is Thank it. you
2: guys so much for listening. Yes. Um please send us any questions you have. And thank you so much, Elsie, for being so organized and wonderful. Oh my and so god. Fantastic. That's such a dork. And, and for continuing the show when I was unable to do so.
1: I was just pining for you. Oh me to
2: too have you bit have no idea. Oh god, that's nice.
1: Well well we'll see each other next week. I hope. So. Yes,
2: I Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye guys.
0: the rest the